Welcome to Advancing Our Church. I'm Jim Friend. Welcome back, everyone. Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2023, and I hope it's a memorable one for you. First, I hope you had a great Christmas. I know it feels like it was a million years ago, at least it does for me. We had the friend kids home from college, and we celebrated our holiday together. It was just wonderful. It was relaxing. We had some good family time. This week, as we drop this podcast, they are back in school for a new semester of college, and I'm back in school. I'm starting a new semester in the diaconate program, and this time our subject is canon law, so say a prayer for us. But I'm sure it's going to be an interesting course, and I won't be surprised if at some point it inspires a future episode of Advancing Our Church. So as I mentioned last month, before we took a break, I have some big news, which by now many of you probably already know. And so just to give you some perspective, I started advancing our church five and a half years ago, and my goal was to contribute towards the ongoing dialogue of the church that happens around stewardship and leadership, advancement, finance, you name it. My mission has been to share best practices by telling the stories of leaders just like you and organizations who are advancing the mission of our church. I did that first on my own, and then for the past four years, as a consultant, I ran this podcast from Changing Our World, where it reached new heights and new audiences all over the country. I think we helped a lot of folks. We made a great impact. I love my colleagues at Changing Our World, and I have enjoyed every minute of representing our firm, and I've enjoyed our time together. But the Holy Spirit has kind of moved me and called me to a new ministry, and so this month... I have taken a new job as the first director of mission advancement at the St. John Vianney Center in Downingtown, and you're going to learn more about them in just a minute. But I am pleased to announce that Changing Our World is going to continue to be a sponsor of this podcast, and that's because they believe in advancing our church, both the podcast and the mission. And so I'm very grateful to Brian Crimmins and his team for agreeing to remain with me on this journey. And you'll be seeing them from time to time pop in as guests and co-hosts of this podcast. And if you're not familiar with Changing Our World, let me just give them a little plug. Changing Our World is a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for more than two decades. I want to encourage you to visit their website, changingourworld.com. They would be happy to offer you a no-obligation phone call to discuss your fundraising needs and to see if there's some way that they can partner with you, they offer capital campaigns, feasibility studies, increased offertory programs, stewardship initiatives, you name it. So once again, you can find them at changingourworld.com. Now, let's get to work. The St. John Vianney Center was founded in 1946, and its mission is to shepherd our brothers and sisters in church ministry to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. They serve Catholic clergy, consecrated men and women religious, and clergy of other Christian denominations worldwide to heal, renew, and restore each person for appropriate, fulfilling, and effective ministry. We're going to learn more about the St. John Vianney Center today by speaking with the president and CEO, David Schellenberger. David provides oversight of both the day-to-day and the strategic operations of the center, and he works tirelessly to increase awareness of St. John Vianney Center's prevention and education services, as well as its assessment and behavioral health treatment programs. David provides workshops all over the country and around the world as part of these services. Some of the topics include stress management, health, wellness, and weight management. 
David came to work at the center in 2008, and he brings over 25 years of administrative experience in various healthcare settings, including Beaumont at Bryn Mawr in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and HC Manor Care in Pottstown. David received his Bachelor of Science in Nursing from York College of Pennsylvania and maintains his RN licensure through the state of Pennsylvania. And so, without further ado, here is David Schellenberger. Well, welcome to Advancing Our Church. Welcome, David. Great to have you here today. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure to be here. So, David, what an amazing mission. I'm so pleased to to join St. John Vianney Center this month as your first Director of Mission Advancement. I thought this would be just a great opportunity for our listeners to learn a little bit more about the center, get to know you, and a little bit about the mission. Wonderful. I'm, I'm happy to share and spread the good word of our center. So thank you for having us. Absolutely. Dave, let's start first with why Why do you love this mission? What led you into mental health ministry, uh, specifically uh, this particular mission? To address the first question about why do I love the mission, first and foremost, because we have the ability to serve the church. And by serving the church, we're serving the Lord and continuing to promote his goodwill to the clergy and religious in need of care and services. The wonderful thing about here at St. John Vianney Center, being part of this special mission that has been around for 77 years, it is a calling. It's not a job. It's never been a job. It is truly a vocation. We have the opportunity to share in the riches of our ministry with the most amazing, faithful, and committed people. Those are my colleagues. Sure. Uh, They are mission first. It's a can-do ministry that's unwavering despite any challenges. And I think lastly, to talk about why I love the mission is because St. John Vianney Center is a mission of faith. We get to see faith in action. When our residents come to us, they're broken, they're in despair, they're lost, suffering with mental health and addictions issues. Many times they just feel lost in their ministry, and even at times in relationship with the Lord, and also hurting physically. We have this amazing opportunity to journey with them, throughout their healing process, all the way get to guide them with our expertise and be able to continue to share with them the importance of their ministry to folks like us. The majority of the staff here at St. John Vianney Center are lay persons. So being able to minister to the ministers is something that almost words can't describe. I can imagine. I can imagine. Have you found in in recent years, I know in my own experience, it seems as though mental health issues don't quite have the stigma that they used to years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, pre-pandemic. People understand that they need the healing, pre- they, they need counseling sometimes, and, and that's not a stigma as much as it, as it used to be, perhaps, and, and people more open to it. Are you finding that in the profession in general? In terms of, I think, our movement as a society and as a world to embrace that our mental well-being is something that is just as important as our spiritual well-being and our physical well-being, that it's okay to say that I'm not okay. We are seeing a shift and a movement. However, one of the greatest challenges still that we're facing is the stigma for mental and psychological challenges for our clergy sure. and men and women religious. 
that still does exist. And certainly as, a, as we go on with our conversation, I can expand upon that. Yeah. But I'm very happy to see that the pendulum is starting to swing in the right direction because we all need that support at some times in our lives to remain well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had not encountered your ministry prior to about a year and a half ago when we started working together, but it just made such sense as I got to know St. John Vianney Center that when you look at the shortage of priests that we have in the United States today, that some of them get overwhelmed. They can get frustrated, just like all of us. They're human, like you and I. And uh, in my own experience at working at a, dia- at a diocese, encountering guys who had were managing as many as four parishes at one mm-hmm. time. Now, they may be in smaller rural areas, but that's still a whole lot of pressure. Or, you know, when we were kids, we might have had two or three priests in a parish. Now you might have one guy serving 2,000 families. It just made sense to me that an organization like St. John Vianney Center is so necessary, especially where we're at today with vocations and in our world. Absolutely. And, and think about that, you know, quote, the good old days of having a rectory with four priests in there and you'd have senior priests and a few associates and a pastor. St. John Vianney Center existed then, too, which is really amazing. The fact that our ministry was founded in 1946 and that we were all the while just in the background supporting the mental health and addictions services needs of clergy and men and women religious. And certainly while we're touching on right now the idea of diocesan and religious priests serving in a parish level, but also our, our sisters and religious brothers, you know, they're continuing to realize the, the decreasing numbers within their communities and their congregations, yet their ministerial demands remain high. So they experience it in a little different way. So again, our men and women religious, our clergy, they're all very vulnerable to the stressors that come along with being able to serve others. 100%. David, what do you see as the greatest mental and physical health challenges that are facing our our clergy and our men and women religious? Well, Interestingly, uh, Jim, you, you mentioned about stigma just a little bit ago. Sure. And when I get asked this question occasionally, I still do believe that instead of focusing initially on what are the mental and physical health challenges, which I will get to, mm-hmm. but I still believe the greatest issue is the stigma. It remains the greatest challenge. And, and I'll try to describe exactly some context for that. It's very difficult still for our clergy and religious because they've been held in a certain regard of service. It always seems like it's a one-way ministry, meaning that they are called by the Lord to minister to others, to spread the gospel, to spread the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. However, they rarely see themselves as receiving care. And what happens is, is they worry about being labeled because of their positions as clergy and religious, and the way that folks view them, they don't want to say that they are struggling with mental health or addictions needs. They see themselves as the caregiver and the provider and the pastoral presence. But our church needs to recognize that the struggles are real and that the men and women are certainly vulnerable to mental health conditions, addictions, issues of grief and loss, 
loneliness, those continue to be the biggest challenges. Right now, we have a great opportunity to impact change. The way that we can impact that is by changing our view of our priests, sisters, and brothers, that they are human and that they face the same human challenges that we do within our home and our family and our workplace. It allows us to have that appreciation of the realities of how we can support them. When we change our view, they will change. And that change will help to our clergy and religious to overcome their worry of stigma. When they have the ability to say, I'm struggling and I need help, that'll be the greatest victory for us. We can't continue on this path. We need to allow our clergy and religious to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. We hear that a lot in recent years because we're the same in terms of being a human being. Just because of their calling, they are not immune to the human realities of mental health crises. And they, the other piece would be is the challenge that they know that help is nearby. Help is right here in the United States, right outside mm-hmm. of Philadelphia in beautiful Downingtown. St. John mm-hmm. Vianney Center is here not only to help them maintain their wellness, but when they need to be restored. We're just a phone call away. The other thing about our services is that we never judge. And that is a concern with when we talk about mental health stigma, is that someone will be forever labeled or viewed in a certain way. We're here for them, we just embrace them, care for them and restore them back to being healthy in mind, body and spirit. Now, Jim, to follow up on your actual question, I'm sorry (laughs) for getting there, but but I feel like the audience needs to hear and hopefully embrace some of that. But uh, the number one reason why the men and women come to us continues to be depression. And it has been for decades. As we run our statistical reports, depression still is the leading cause for referral here followed a close second by anxiety and a third, which would be vocational issues due to stress. So that continues to be the the situation that we deal with here. One of the other things that continues to, to concern us here at the center is that many of the men and women don't receive the early intervention that perhaps is necessary. Hmm. So just like any chronic health issue, early intervention helps to increase the probability of health and wellness being restored for the long run. When we wait with our clergy and religious for 30 years of dealing with mental health issues or addictions, and perhaps then at that point, they access care. As you can imagine, a lot of damage has been done along the way and restoring them back becomes all the more challenging. So the issue of early intervention, care and treatment to then be restored to feeling healthy and be able to live a life in a ministry of health and wellness is so essential. And that all ties back to your original comments about just the stigma and perhaps that it was because of a stigma or they didn't feel comfortable that these problems, these issues that they were wrestling with possibly for years or or a very long time 
then deepen and become worse and 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 it takes that much longer or they're they're mu that much farther down the road uh, so overcoming allowing our clergy and men and women religious to be human and to recognizing that and giving them the comfort level to to be in that space will hopefully empower them or make them feel more comfortable to raise their hand and say i need some help i'm i'm struggling absolutely jim thank you well said and so how has has all of that, I can only imagine that it was certainly impacted by the, the recent pandemic and the shutdown. I'm sure that I, I know just in speaking with different clergy and, and leaders around the country, pressure level was pretty high and pastors had to you know, quickly navigate how to get their masses online and how to get electronic giving going in their parishes. And so the stress level had to be incredible. Tremendous missionary spirit was felt during the pandemic because it was incredible what so many parishes accomplished and how they brought the message of the gospel to their to their flock, to their parishioners. But there was a lot of stress associated with that. How how did you see that play out in your ministry? Exactly what you said, and I'll expand upon that uh, a little bit. The uncertainty that followed, you know, when we think back to March of 2020 into early April, um, which seems like eons ago when it really wasn't. I think that the farther we get away from that, the less appreciation we have for that great, great time of uncertainty. Everyone was worried for their life, which is almost unfathomable now that we've lived through it. And, and here we are in what would be called, you can't call it a post-pandemic world yet, but a post-lockdown world, I think, is probably the best way to put it. Sure. But the demands to minister in alternative and different ways, uh, just increased the already. If the stress level was already kind of here, for those of you that can see on screen, it just ramped up even higher. That uncertainty of, of worry and concern and how to do it at times left our ministers of the church paralyzed. On top of all of that, they're trying to do it now basically solo because we couldn't be together in office spaces. Right. We and all of the loneliness that set in, you know, you mentioned it before, one priest for four parishes alone, now really, really alone, not, not by their own doing, but by the circumstances of the pandemic. It caused them great stress to try to learn new ways to have relationships and support, have something meaningful uh, in their life. And just like everyone else, you know, they suffered as well. One of the, the things that we saw as a result of the pandemic is that for us here at the center, we made a commitment very early on that we were going to remain open. And we put forth extensive efforts to remain open and have a safe and secure environment for our staff, as well as those that we serve by managing COVID effectively. And I'm glad that we did because we had never had in that kind of heightened year of the pandemic as we, as we remember it. We never had as many admissions in that 12-month period of time from acute care in recent memory. So the men and women that were ministers of the church that were hanging on pre-pandemic really suffered greatly. And they needed a very much high level of care and then eventually our care. So now in that post-lockdown world and, and where the church is now, we, we've rebounded nicely. However, Here's my greatest concern for our clergy and religious. It's this. We want as parishioners what we had pre-pandemic. And we also like a lot of what we got 
during the pandemic, these alternate ways to minister and to receive. So now we want it all. And now we, these wants and desires from the faithful, if you will, are now coming back onto the pastors and the brothers and the sisters in all forms of the ministry. All that while they're trying to serve everybody and rebuild and renew the connectedness to get people back to church, to get back to masses, get back to the ministries that they serve. So I'm worried about all of these things kind of converging and the long-term effects on the health and well-being of our clergy and religious. Uh, makes perfect sense. And and your organization, our organization now can can hopefully bring that thought leadership, if you will, that, that experience to pastors, to bishops, to uh, the leaders of uh, religious communities, to hopefully help them to think about those things in advance before someone finds themselves going down the wrong path. One of the things that you and I have worked on, and, and that I know that is very much in the process right now, is this new study so that people can understand the data that is available and understand the challenges that exist for our clergy. And and so we've partnered with the Center for Applied Research and the Apostolate, CARA, uh, on the health and wellness of diocesan clergy. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that study and what you hope to learn from it? Certainly. So this is something that we here at St. John Vianney have been thinking about for a number of years. And through those conversations with you, Jim, and our board of directors, we did partner with CARA on this research study. So it's a multi-phase, multi-year approach because we do serve the entire church, diocesan, men and women religious. However, we, we decided to start with the diocesan priests. And the, the premise of the study is to review easily accessible health and wellness data of you, for utilization uh, in the calendar year 2021. So we wrote to all of the dioceses and eparchies here in the United States to ask for their participation in our study. Our study will have two phases. The first is to receive utilization data of access to health and wellness from the diocese for their men that are currently serving in their diocesan or eparchies. And then we're gonna synthesize that data into broad stroke kind of an aggregate of what does the data tell us about the health and wellness of our diocesan priests here in the United States. And then also each diocese that participates will have the opportunity to review their individual data in comparison to the aggregate. All of this confidential, all of this bound by HIPAA, all of this in a way that would never identify the diocese uh, by name or by data in terms of the aggregate. And then we'll be able to consult with the individual diocese to, to see how are they doing, kind of benchmarking their health and wellness. And then secondly, the second piece is to actually survey all of the participating diocesan priests from the diocese and, and also the eparchies for a perception of care, if you will. So we'd like to hear from them, what, what, what do you utilize and what do you think you, you need to be healthy in mind, body and spirit? And then we're gonna put that data together, compare it to the actual utilization data, come up with some recommendations uh, for this national study. We hope that it will inform us about what we need to do to support diocesan priests 
preventatively. So the realities of the utilization and the perception of care, we want to use for prevention. All the while making sure that our treatment programs and our outpatient and inpatient programs are current with the current needs. That's the challenge always is we need to stay current, if not one step ahead of what the needs of the folks that we serve are. So th th that's what we, we hope to do and, and how things will better inform us about our care and services. But the key takeaway is, is that we want to work on prevention. And by having this information and participation, we hope to be able to do that. Because the goal one day really uh, would be to have St. John Vianney Center not exist. Sure. What a what an amazing and lofty and tremendous goal to have. But all the while, that's the case. Because if our if the ministers of our church were so healthy, they didn't need a play a center to come for health and wellness. That'd be awesome for all of us. Absolutely, tremendous. And so you touched on a little bit there some of the preventative side. I know that we have what's called the CEO department. Tell everybody a little bit about what the mission of the CEO department is and what the CEO stand for. Absolutely. We, we use a lot of acronyms here at St. John Vianney Center. First we, do one, that a lot. we do that a lot in the church, so that's okay. Yeah, we have SJVC, which is St. John Vianney Center. Sure. And then one of the most critical departments that we have here is called our Consultation, Education, and Outreach Department, thus the CEO acronym. And what the CEO department does is that that is the preventative side of our healthcare organization. We are a healthcare organization. We are a licensed behavioral health hospital. We're licensed and accredited also by the Department of Health as well as the Joint Commission. So like any good healthcare organization, we focus on prevention. And that is what the Consultation Education and Outreach Department does. Continues to look to raise awareness of our mission in all aspects of who we are. So one of the great joys that we get to do is we get to go around the country and visit with men and women, religious communities, be at certain events and gatherings, be invited into dioceses to provide the prevention side, whether it's through individual consultation or perhaps it's more broad stroke in speaking at a convocation or at a congregational regional meeting where we can come in and talk about the key principles to maintain your health and wellness, all the while being very real about the realities of the struggles of ministry, the challenges, the joys, the happy parts about being a clergy or religious. And we have a whole cadre of folks here that are more than qualified to be able to go out and speak on, on, on our behalf of our ministry and our expertise. It can be very individualized in terms of the needs, and also it can be very general as well, because sometimes dioceses and religious communities aren't quite sure what they need. And one of the greatest compliments we get is, why don't you create the program based on what you know we need? So that, that's part of it. And the evolution of the CEO department has just been amazing. What started about 10 years ago or so, uh, has just grown exponentially. We reach folks all around the, the nation in various platforms. We use uh, online platforms. We go in person. We host gatherings in person all around the country. 
and we even have an international presence as well. Yeah, well, I, I experienced, it wasn't maybe the CEO specifically department, but as, as deacon candidates, we came to St. John Vianney Center and we were each, we were evaluated. We took a very, uh, we, we went out to DeSales University, met up a cu- with a couple members of the, of the program and, and conducted kind of this psychological evaluation that many uh, deacon candidates go through and priest candidates as well, right? And so that's kind of part of your outpatient piece. That expertise has got to be so invaluable to bishops and religious congregations, communities to just understand what, what are the challenges? What, what a, might a young man, or maybe in my case, not so quite a young man, might be thinking about as, as they consider a vocation or entering into ministry? That's one of the, the biggest functions of our outpatient department. Mm-hmm. Here, here at St. John's, we have three legs to our ministry, really. We have the consultation, education, and outreach department, our prevention. We have a treatment program, which is our inpatient program. And then we have our outpatient department, which has traditional outpatient services like psychotherapy, as well as spiritual direction. And then as you were referencing, the lion's share of what we're called upon to do is candidate assessments for the priesthood and religious life, as well as permanent diaconate. So we can utilize the our 77 years of ministerial experience and also the expertise of the the practitioners of care to provide a wonderful assessment that helps to guide and better inform not only the candidate but also the diocese or religious community about their calling to religious life yeah and it really it was a it was a very thorough questionnaire as i recall and but it really takes you through a process of really taking you back to the beginning and what what led you into this and then i had a, a follow up with one of the counselors and we went through kind of those answers and and walked through i, I found it to be a very a very nice experience and and a good touch point you know all of us need that once in a while just a, a little self check and, and and have somebody else kind of reflect back to us what they're hearing uh so just it was a great experience. You know, David, one of the things that as your new director of admission advancement that we're working on and 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 the board has been working on certainly prior, primarily is the str- strategic priorities for St. John Vianney Center over the next five years. And I know that we just completed a, a five-year strategic plan that will take us out uh, and, and we're looking at some of our strategic priorities. Tell us a little bit about what, what did the board come up with? What, what is going to be the focus for St. John Vianney Center's growth and mission and ministry to the church in the next several years? This has been a remarkable experience and really enjoyed uh, certainly partnering with you, other members of our senior staff, as well as the board of directors to, to put together our 2023 to 2028, which seems so far off, yet it'll be here before we know it. Strategic for our center. So... We had the the ability to go through a great discernment process about where we've been and where we want to go. What what are our clients telling us? What is the church telling us? What are the best practices telling us? Because one of the things that we want to do is we want to make sure that St. John Vianney Center is always available in all areas of our ministry and that it's sustainable for the foreseeable future. For as long as the church needs us, we want to be here. So there are six main focus areas that the board of directors settled upon. And the first is our program services and resources. So again, in order to be the type of healthcare organization that we wanna be preventatively treatment-wise and outpatient-wise, we have to make sure that our program services and all the resources are in place. 
So we're going to really focus on that to make sure that, again, we're staying current, if not one step ahead of that. So that's, that's one of the strategic priorities. Another big one is to make sure that our organizational structure, that we have the infrastructure personnel-wise to be able to expand and grow our ministry. Our goal would be is that we would never encounter a person within our church that, that wouldn't know of St. John Vianney Center and what we do and, and how our ministry uh, helps the church to be healthy. But we need to have that infrastructure here and personnel-wise. The next is, is welcoming you to St. John Vianney Center as our, our Director of Mission Advancement. So uh, one of the top priorities really is to launch our advancement program. Even though St. John Vianney Center has been with the church now for 77 years, we haven't had a focus on advancement. And we all know that through identifying foundations and persons of interest that are philanthropic to be able to support and have a real connection with our ministry. We're looking to grow our friend, our friend base and build these relationships so that perhaps we can receive some additional treasure and resources to be able to sustain and build and grow our mission. And then, of course, we're looking for strategic partnerships. The church is large, but the church is small. Same way with mental health providers throughout our nation and internationally. We want to look for partners that are very interested, that have a similar mission and ministry to St. John Vianney Center. We look for individuals as well as organizations that will help to spread the good word of our center. We can help to spread their good word, all for the health and wellness of, of our valued clergy and religious. We've been here on our campus, the same campus now, uh, since 1946, and this is where we're going to stay. The board of directors has decided that they're going to reinvest in our property here at St. John's. The building that I'm in is the original estate house from the McElwain estate. This year, I think it turns 104 years old. So our facilities are going to need to be continually updated and kept up to look as beautiful as they do today, as well as looking at some uh, square footage expansion. As mentioning, growing our ministry is going to require more space. So we're, we're eager to look at that. And then finally, as our board of directors, we are blessed with the most amazing board of directors, led by our board chair, uh, Mr. Al Riviezo, who has been with the center for many, many years. One of the things that we want to do is because we're a national and international uh, organization of the church, we want to make sure that we have our board of directors build out in a way that is representative of that national and international presence. So the board's been going through vetting some uh, potential folks to invite to the board and really help to have that be one of our main strategic goals as well. Phenomenal. It's exciting that's to be a part of it. Lot, right. That, that's, <laughs> that's lot. Thank goodness we have five years. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it might even take longer than that, but it it's, could. Uh, it could. Yeah. it's it's exciting to be a part of an organization that is growing, that sees itself as, and it is so critical to the, to the mission of the church. And at a time like this, when, uh, as I said, maybe at the top, I think people understand that with the diminishing vocations, with the where we've been with the pandemic, with so many other factors, it just feels like the right time. It was it, for me, it was the Holy Spirit, and I think as we, as you and I were contemplating, you know, who is going to fill this role, and kind of came to me, we arrived at the same place that that I might take this role. I'm just excited to be a part of to kind of come in at this point as we launch the the next five years, and as well as as help help you to grow this ministry. It's exciting. It, it certainly is. We're, we're at a great spot 
in in terms of where we are as an organization, where the mm-hmm. church is, where mental health access and services are, with building relationships through u- utilizing your guidance as well in our advancement department. I just I just can't wait. The, I'm so excited and eager to get started. I wish that we could do it all at once, but we, we have to prioritize where, where we want to be and where we're going to go. And that, that's the fun journey. And again, to be able to share it with, as I mentioned earlier, the most incredible people here, the folks that I get to share this ministry with every day, like yourself and, and my other hundred plus colleagues, they are just amazing. And they are St. John Vianney Center. Certainly the Holy Spirit and and our Lord and Savior guides us, but they make it happen in real practicality here. And uh, I'm so proud to be part of this special ministry. You know, that came out when uh, when Changing Our World did the initial study a year and a half ago, and we talked to some of your stakeholders. The staff, praise of the staff came out just loud and clear. The welcoming uh, atmosphere, uh, the non-judgmental attitude, the spirit, the Christian community that, that exists at the center came out loud and clear from your stakeholders. And so it was gratifying to hear that reflected back as well, because we know it as a, as a special treasure, but also others recognize that spirit in, in the center. So, well, David, thank you so much for being on Advancing Our Church today. This was a serendipity to, to use this platform to uh, kind of launch my new journey with uh, St. John Vianney Center and also to let folks know who we are, what we do and what we're about. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Jim. I, I appreciate this opportunity. Perhaps in the future, as, as we have more great news to share about our special ministry to the church, we can come back and kind of recap. You know, we just laid out a lot of information for your listeners and uh, maybe they'd like to hear how we're doing absolutely um, in in a period of time. So thank you for having me and thank you for having us. We we are an organization that continues to serve the church and, and we're proud to do so. Absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely check in on, on this, on this journey together. So thanks again, David. Thank you, Jim. God bless. I want to thank David for being on our show this week and for taking some time to explain not only how critical the mission is to our church, but how St. John Vianney Center is being proactive and addressing the needs of our brothers and sisters in church ministry. I'm so pleased to be a part of your team and to be a part of this mission. I'll leave links to David and the St. John Vianney Center in the show notes of this episode. And once again, thanks, David, for joining us. And in just two short weeks, I'll be back with Susan Windley-Douse, the author of the new book, The Four Ways Forward, Becoming an Apostolic Parish in a Post-Christian World. It's a great book. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Anyone who's in ministry, who's in engagement, who's in stewardship, fundraising, anyone, leadership, you must read this book. I'll leave a link to this also in the show notes so that you can prepare for this incredible episode. And if this is your first time listening to Advancing Our Church, I hope you're going to stick around and subscribe. You can find us on all places where you download your favorite podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And for more information about our show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Well, that's our show this week. Special thanks to Pottery Studios for another great show. And if you'd like to help our show, please leave us a rating wherever you downloaded this podcast. And once again, a big shout out to our sponsor, Changing Our World. You can find them at changingourworld.com. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. So glad that you could be with us on this podcasting journey to advance the mission of our church. It's going to be a great year. Take care and God bless.